Welcome to Camden. In this podcast, we follow Detective Matthew Goodman as he investigates the supernatural horror and mystery that lies within the town of Camden, Maine. I cannot prove that any of this is true, but I can also not definitively say that it is not, in fact, possible. Episode 6, The Croc's Den. In the last episode, I received a phone call, uh, as you might recall. It had been related to these murders, and I was told to meet this mysterious person at the beach scene where Irene McQuarrie's body had been found. Sick sense of humor to have it here, but clearly there's a reason that the spot is important. As I pulled up, there was no real indication that there was anyone waiting for me yet though I doubted that they would be obviously visible. I parked my car and walked away along the beach. It was 1 a.m. and the area around the beach felt completely empty. I mean, I guess I was, I guess I was happy that there'd be no meaningful audience for the encounter. All I could hear was my shoes in the sand and the sound of the waves crashing up along the shore. It was kind of serene. If I'm being honest, I had to remind myself that I was here on business. I had to figure out what this cult was up to. I began to feel a presence, something foreign, something with purpose. I was struck by a violent high-pitched signal. I dropped to my knees in the sand, hands over my ears. It felt like I was standing in front of a a non-stop amplifier. I I opened my eyes and my vision became extremely blurry. Everything around me became edgeless shades of color and the noise slowly became drowned by the colors themselves. The last thing I remember was falling over in the sand in the sound of footsteps. When I awoke, I was seated in a chair, staring at a golden arched ceiling. I brought my head to one side and began to slowly make up the room. There were a few chairs lined in a weird type of coarse leather and pictures on the wall of multiple persons who appeared to be extremely prestigious. They displayed a strict feeling of arrogance. I turned my head sloppily to the other side as much as I could, and there was a man seated at a desk. He had graying hair, thin lips, piercing blue eyes, and a rather smug look on his face. Ah, Mr. Goodman, you're awake. Took you quite a while to rejoin us. All I could respond with was a shook glare and caveman-esque grunt. I apologize for the rather violent abduction-style meeting. I had to make sure that you couldn't figure out where we are right now. You understand, right? I continued to stare, but I couldn't quite form my words yet, but I could feel myself coming too. 
Hmm, the infamous Mr. Goodman. I knew your father. He was a good man, no pun intended, and quite the serviceable detective. He was maybe a little too righteous to me. Far be it for me to criticize a man's moral compass. He had a strong faith. Do you believe in faith, Matthew? We all have some kind of faith, but his was more of a blind faith, if you will. Blind faith can leave one so unfulfilled, constantly chasing more and more. Do you know what I believe? I believe in things that I can see, things I can touch, things that I can know. I was once a man of the cloth, you see. I'm no stranger to the word of God or at least the word spoken for him. I find these messengers so not fun. <laughs> I believe they don't protest too much. Let people live their lives, I say. Why did you bring me here? I, who are you? Ah, the questions. Ever the detective you are, Matthew. Right, well, who I am is tricky. People know me as different things. In my circle, I am known as the Pharaoh, the path seeker. I am a leader among many people seeking forgiveness and redemption. Safety and embrace. In your world, I was known as Edmund Atkinson. Puny, weak stupid human being with no concept of true greatness that lay in wait inside of me. I digress. So why are you here? You see, I've got nothing against the police. You aren't here because of your affiliation. I brought you here because I see potential in you. You're not being all you can be. I know you've sworn to protect and serve, but you're not protecting anyone from what is coming. They don't know what's out there. They are praying to some sort of false prophet and hoping for safety, but they don't know about the true enemy. They think that we're the problem. <laughs> no, not even close. You see all of these reports out there about violence, about the carnage? That's not what we do. So uh, all of the crocodiles and lizard representations, that, that's not you? The missing legs and dismemberment, that is not you? Dismemberments? I assure you that our organization has nothing to do with that. What about all the murdered people? Huh? What about anyone who's gone missing because of this cult? Because of those symbols? All those people have gone missing because of that goddamn ring and their, their reptilian eyes. <laughs> Matthew... I didn't say that we haven't converted people to our cause, but we haven't killed anybody. We wouldn't get caught up in any of that business. 
Any non-believer's fate will be sealed when our dear Sobek returns. Sobek? Do you mean to tell me that you haven't read about him? He's the god of strength, the keeper of the Nile, the protector of creation. Egyptians believe that he created the order in the universe and the world when he rose from the dark water as the creator of the Nile River, one of the original feeders of life. They revered him for his ferocity and at the same time his benevolence. They worshipped him to appease him and the crocodiles as a whole to ensure the fertility of the people and crops, much like people see him now. He was thought to be a dark god and needed to be appeased. But his embrace and protection will become known in time. People say that death ends in complete darkness and endless nothing. He will restore our sight and senses. He will guide us through the afterlife to the promised land. I see you doubt me. It's to be expected. Mind you, there's something in it for people to consider in the present. His strength offers immense power. The Lord of Fiam is strong enough to protect us from the dark forces out there and teach us the ways to fight the evil that lies in wait. It's out there, Matthew. These murders that you've seen, it's likely the work of the dark force. Some call it the scourge. We know them here as the order of the ancestors. They're supremely secretive and highly a dangerous organization. That's where I would start if you were looking for the source of these unusual murders. I tell you this because we want to bring you in, Matthew. Have you heard the voice of Sobek? He will speak to you. I've heard him asking for you. I don't know what he wants, but you must be very important. What about Joe? What about him? You need to be a little more specific. Did you kill him? Did you have him killed? <laughs> My son. No one has killed Joe. Joe is not dead. Go now. Continue with your investigations. Listen for our creator, and I'm sure that I will be seeing you soon, Matthew. Very soon. I awoke to find myself sitting in the sand with an unfamiliar face staring at me. I... He asked me if I was okay, and I said that I was fine. Apparently, I fell in the sand and suddenly got up and began to... <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. He tells me I began to walk into the ocean. I stared at him as he told me this tale, and... I hadn't been wet during my conversation with Atkinson, but at this exact moment I appeared to be soaked from head to toe, and I guess I was going to have to believe him. He told me that he thought I was going for a night swim, but I never came up. I began to notice that he was also soaked from head to toe, and figured out what he was about to get to. He had apparently jumped in to grab me and said I was babbling something about 
Sobek, he couldn't make out the rest. I asked him if I'd been here the entire time, and he seemed pretty confused by this question. His response to that question was, I don't know where you were, but physically you've been here the entire time. He asked me again if I was okay, and I confirmed that I was fine. For now. Was Atkinson real? Was meeting him just a dream? A nightmare? Was the case just playing out in my brain, or did it really happen? Maybe I'm just overwhelmed. Or was it a kind of mystical occurrence? I have to say that before the last several months, I might not have been likely to believe in such a thing, but now I'm not so sure. I checked myself over before leaving the beach just to make sure I had everything on me that I had had upon arriving. My sidearm and all my belongings were on me, the same place as they had been, although much more damp than they had been before but I did find a small lump in my pocket. It was a small piece of paper. It was very nice meeting you in person, Matthew. An absolute delight. Don't worry if you have any more questions, we will meet again. I'll be in touch. Signed, Edmund Atkinson. so much for listening to Camden. Um, it really means the world to me. You can join our Facebook group. And obviously you're listening to us here, so stay tuned for more episodes. 